Well, hello there. Good to see all of you today. Just before we dig in together, I'd like to do just a little bit of family business. Um, As you know, it's been a wild summer for us around here. We are in a new location over this last six weeks or so and getting settled typically through the summer and preparing for the fall is when we raise up uh, new volunteers and help them integrate onto our teams. In the midst of all of our transition, we have not been able to do that work in the same way we usually would. And as a result, we've got some folks that have been working really hard to keep things running and working excellently around here and they need some help. And so you're invited. You're all invited to help around here. If you're not currently serving on a volunteer team, we would love to help you do that. Uh, So we're actually looking to raise up about 80 volunteers for our various uh, volunteer teams. Three of those teams are for gospel partners only. So if you're a gospel partner and not currently serving, we would love for you to consider the kids team, the prayer team, the connection team. And for everyone else, uh, there are teams where you can jump right in right after this service through these doors. You'll be able to get any information about that. You can sign up and receive some initial kind of connect points to be able to do that. We would love to have you take that step with us and continue to help us do what God's called us to do around here. Sound good? Okay. Would you please join me as I pray and we're gonna dig into these scriptures together. Let's do it. Our Father, there is no one like you. The landscape of your character is stunning, eternal, stretches out forever in its beauty and its perfection and you have invited us to explore. I pray that wherever we have tasted and seen and known of your goodness in the past and the places where we have dipped our toes into what it looks like to love you and worship you, I pray that in these moments with these scriptures scriptures open before us that you would expand our horizons. You would stretch us, open us up to more of you. God, make us worshipers in spirit and in truth with all that we are. I pray that you'd use these moments towards that end. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's two things that are happening simultaneously when you are worshiping. At least two things, but these two things certainly are happening when we sing communally, when we offer prayers and songs individually. We are, on the one hand, exploring our own hearts. We're paying attention to where are we? What is it that we're bringing into the presence of God? It's an exploration internally of this is the state of my soul as best I can comprehend it. And then secondly, simultaneously, we are exploring the landscape of God's heart. We are on an exploration both in and up as we're making sense of what's happening in our hearts and we're beginning to to bring it into God's heart and, and trying to make sense of what is true about God in this space and what does it look for these look like for these two to intermingle, to connect. And this truly is an adventure. It is an exploration of landscape in both directions that can be confusing and unruly and overwhelming as we try to make sense of our own hearts while trying to make sense of the heart of the divine, this is an adventure. It's an exploration. And I I must admit, I'm not like an explorer. 
I, uh, I'm prepared for the sort of hiking that you can do in your everyday walking around clothes. I've got those sorts of shoes and those sorts of clothes, but you might have friends like I do, the people that have gear. Have you got those friends, like they've got that part of the garage that's dedicated to gear because they're, they're committed to getting into the back country off the grid, unchartered territory. They're gonna see new heights and new depths and they've got all the stuff that will get you there. They're like, okay, so here's the, this is the sort of sleeping bag you're gonna need if you're in the back country, it's rated to this degree, this temperature. Here's the socks, I'm like, oh, there's, a, there's socks for this. Yeah, there's special socks and here's what you're gonna clip onto your shoes and here's, here's the gear. If you wanna see more than just the average experience, you're gonna need something different than what you've, what you've brought to the table previously. And I think in many ways, the book of Psalms is, is kind of like an opening up of the gear bag for the adventure with the heart of God. It's, it's people who have journeyed to places, they have seen things in the vistas of God's glory, they have journeyed to heights and depths, making sense of their own hearts and making sense of the character of God. They've been to some places and they're able to say, here's the gear that will get you there. And in many ways today, it's, it's gonna feel a little bit different than what we typically do. We like to have one text that we anchor into and work slowly through. For our purposes today and this, this message in the midst of this series that we're calling Sing, we're going to explore our, our gear bag that the psalmist provides for us. And I think that the gear that's being handed to us is actually body posture. That the way that we posture ourselves and interact with God in private worship or in communal worship is actually, it's, it's tools to help our heart more fully explore the realities of what's happening internally and what's happening with God. And quite frankly, it's kind of, it's kind of like going to your friend's garage and seeing like, oh, this is gear that's gonna take me to places I've never been before. So the invitation is towards adventure, to being determined to get off the grid and to see things about God that maybe you've never seen before, but in the same way that in a wild adventure in the backcountry, it might be at times uncomfortable or take you to places where you're like, well, I've never been in this position before. I've never had to do this thing before. That this, this morning is designed to help begin to expand the capacity to step into some of those places. Because the truth is that wholehearted worship, your whole heart explore, exploring the wholeness of the beauty of God requires your whole body, as we will see in the book of Psalms. One note before we plunge in, there's an inherent risk in a sermon like this. We're gonna explore the different body postures that show up throughout the book of Psalms. And there's the, there's the potential for it to become a pharisaical layer that we stretch over our community saying, if you were really serious about your faith, if you were really serious, you would be the one with fill in the blank body posture. And what we're not looking to do is to create this hyper-pressurized system here where when we worship together, I need to show everyone else with my posture how full my heart is for God. We're not trying to prove anything to one another. But what I am inviting you to, I, I'm trying to give you new tools to say, Maybe it's alone in your bedroom with the door closed, exploring new space with God. Or maybe in this space, you just need the permission to hear, no, that's allowed. In fact, it's encouraged in the scriptures. Wherever you are on the spectrum, the invitation this morning is to greater adventure, greater exploration of the heart of God. Are you with me and are you ready? 
Six different postures. The first three will be about your hands, the second three about the whole of your body, and the ways that these things are tools to help you explore God's heart. First, clapping, clapping. Psalm 47 verse one said that, says this, clap your hands all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Psalm 47 in verse one is, is exuberant, it's multinational and it's celebration. Do you hear it? All you peoples come together. And when it says shout or make this loud noise, it literally means ear splitting. It's saying there will be times when the people of God are celebrating, if they're really honestly exploring their own hearts and the landscape of God's character, sometimes they're gonna have to turn the volume up. They're gonna have to get loud. And it's gonna be the sort of thing that if you're exploring this, this space together, that it's, it's actually gonna start getting into your body. You're gonna feel it. You're gonna have to make more noise than just what you can do with your mouth. The context in this particular psalm is, if you work slowly through the whole psalm, you're gonna see that over and over it's saying things like, God, you're the most high. You're the great king. You're highly exalted. It's the sort of worship that begins to expand the heights by which you see God. It's the idea that when grandeur begins to dawn on the human soul, that we're going, I'm not making enough noise. <laughs> I need to be louder in the presence of a king like this. Now, I'm as awkward as anyone in the room on the like one and three or two and four, like uh, now, now, now. I, I, I'm not good with the rhythm and the beat. I'm not saying that you have to start doing that in worship. What I am saying is there's this, there's this invitation to start exploring and expanding, saying I've got to make more noise. Uh, one of the songs that we've enjoyed, Judah, what, what's your favorite song right now? Oh, uh, well, shoot. I, that's a good one. But you know what I was thinking you might say? Do you remember Crushing Snakes? Yeah, that's the one that he's been asking for a lot lately. Uh, one that's been good for our family, uh, Crushing Snakes by David Crowder. You may not like it, but you're crazy if you don't. Um, no, we, we turn it up in our car and there's been moments for me over the years where that song, either with my whole family in the car or just me, like it breaks down at one point and it talks about the champion of all creation with eyes of fire, closed like lightning, a voice like thunder. And when he comes, you're gonna realize you have freedom and that the, the head of the snake has been crushed. And all of a sudden it drops and the beat hits and it's like boom, boom. And I am like, I'm pounding on the center console and I'm like, yes, he's coming, right? Like there's these moments where it would not do it justice if the content of the song and the shape of the song is touching the realities of my heart. This is no longer an appropriate. It's like something else has to come out. Like we have to. And there's been these beautiful moments in worship lately. I don't know if you've even noticed, like there's been moments where someone gets overwhelmed, like we'll finish a song and there's somebody in the back that's just like, yeah. And everybody around's like, you know what? Yeah. I do feel like that is worth, and you get this sense that none of us in the room, because it's just not our culture, nobody's clapping for our musicians as excellent and wonderful as they are, but it's this sense of like, I've got to recognize what God's doing in this moment. You see, as we explore our hearts and we explore the landscape of God, at times we're gonna need to make more noise. We're gonna need to clap. That's allowed. You don't have to. 
but you're invited. Not just this, a second thing we're invited to do with our hands in the book of Psalms is to begin to lift them. To begin to lift them. This is Psalm 141 in verse two, if you wanna flip over there with me. Uh, It shows up all over the place, but here is an excellent example of it in this Psalm of David. It says this, let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. David in this psalm is saying that the way that I worship you in the morning and the evening is I let my prayers come and I raise my hands like sacrifice. The context in this psalm, if you work it all the way through, is that he's surrounded. He's surrounded by the potential for his own compromise. He says, God, set a guard over my lips because I'm prone to say and do things that are inappropriate and are not okay. And then he also says, and by the way, there's enemies that want to trip me up. He's surrounded by challenges inside and outside. He's in a difficult place. And in the middle of the Psalm, he says, so I take refuge in you, God. I'm saying, I can't do it. God, I'm coming up under you. I'm, I'm, I need you to surround me in this place. Um, I actually, one of my rhythms, you, you may have heard this over the years, but I, I arrive wherever we worship early in the morning. I was here early praying for you and praying over this text. And, and then I go and walk and preach it. I just need to work it out, kind of my, my final moments alone with God. And I'm still getting to know this neighborhood. And uh, this morning I was out walking and one of the things I've learned about this neighborhood is there's a lot of dogs that are just out. And so I was like right over here and I came around the corner and I was just, I was preaching about the lifting of the hands and this dog came full speed. He was not happy about my presence. And I went like this, hey, 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 everything's okay. And I was like, while I was preaching about lifting of the hands and I was like, oh, oh, that's, that's David in this Psalm going, I'm surrounded by things that, hold on, I can't, I can't work my way out of this. I can't, everything's cool here, everything's all right. He's going, I'm surrounded by threats, threats that come from within and without. And what I'm saying is, God, I'm submitted to you. I'm coming out with my hands up. I am surrounded. I need you to be my strength. You see, there's moments where we need to engage worship and go, God, if you leave it to me, I'm in trouble. Or if it's determined by the circumstances, I'm in trouble. So I'm submitting to you as my refuge. There was a couple of weeks ago where I was just, I I had a moment as we do occasionally overwhelmed in worship. I was standing next to my friend Robert who was here in the last service and I think he was a little worried for me. Uh, Because afterwards he was like, when you were singing it as well, it felt like there was a lot going on. (laughs) And he knows what, you know, he knows about life. And he was like, are you okay, man? Because it was just one of these where I was like, I can't, I had one hand over my face because I just was, I didn't need anybody seeing like the ugly cry, you know? And one hand up. Because it was in this moment where I was realizing like I'm tempted to think that in and circumstantially, maybe it's not well. But surrounded by God's people worshiping, directing my heart into it, all of a sudden it was like, oh, it is. I refuge in you, not my circumstances, not what I bring to the table. It's well with my soul. Um, 
there's an invitation in this posture to say I'm submitting to God with recognition that if left to my own devices, I will be swamped. We, ex- we lift. But then there's this other Hebrew word that shows up in the Psalms that's not just lifting, it's extending. And I don't, I don't know in my, in my Hebrew, I don't know like, you know, degree or, it's not so much about just the posture, it's about what's happening in our hearts, but there's a different word that says, I don't just lift my hands, I extend them all the way out. I'm like grasping. And I want you to see this in uh, Psalm 143, verse six. If you just turn two chapters over, Psalm 143, verse six says this. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. You see in that text, it's, it's not just for an answer to the prayer or for help or relief from the circumstances. It's literally for God. I need you, God. I'm stretching out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you. This is a desperation for God himself. I don't know if your house was like mine this summer, but when, the, when it was like 187 degrees all summer, and it didn't rain for months on end, these weird things started happening in my house because the, the ground started to crack. It was so dry. It was like, and all of a sudden, all the doors in my house, like stuff started clo- stopped closing because the joys of living on a marshland that everything when the, the moisture stay in. So our front door, just a little gust of wind and the door will just fly open because everything underneath the ground has shifted because it's so dry. And when I go out to water, you can almost hear it. It's like, oh, thank you. And then it's immediately dry again. Like the ground is so, it's like, oh, I just need to soak it up. I need more. This text is saying sometimes your soul feels like that. Sometimes you're like, it's been a long time since there was a refreshing rain on this territory. And the temptation is in moments like that, the temptation is when it just feels dry and cracked and hot day after day, is to slow down or to stop or to turn around. You see, the extending of the hands in this way isn't climbing gear, it's more like spelunking gear. You know, and as as I've learned, they're not the same. The same stuff that will get you to the top of the mountain is not the stuff that gets you down into the cave. If you're gonna go spelunking down below below the earth, you need like a, some good headlamp. You need a backup headlamp and backup battery packs. And they say for people that are really serious about spelunking, you need elbow pads and knee pads. Because you come to these moments where you have to get all the way down to your belly and you're like army crawling. And if you don't have the right gear, you're getting cut up, it's jagged, and you will either just stop, turn around and go back, because you're going, it's not worth it. Without the right gear, the journey of adventure will stop you in your tracks. This sort of posture, reaching out with desperation for the presence of God, is like your elbow pads and your knee pads in this journey. It's like, ooh, I'm being laid low, but listen, friend, don't stop just because the ground is parched. Don't stop. Don't wake in the mornings and go, I don't know why I keep showing up because it just feels like dead words on a page and I don't feel like God's with me and he's going, 
There's, a, there's this opportunity for you to use your body to start speaking to your heart and to engage, to start going, God, I need you to show up. I'm desperate for you and you alone. It is the elbow pads that allow you to keep inching forward on days where you think it's just too hot and too dry. This is the sort of gear that we need for those moments. And it might even be that this would be used in conjunction with the next one. So there's the first three of what you do with your hands. You can clap, you can lift your hands, you can extend your hands. The next one I think is, is kind of partners with even this, this posture of extension and it's, it's what we do with our whole body. We could actually kneel or go prostrate. We're gonna see this all over the scriptures but one that really highlights it is Psalm 95 and verse six. If you wanna flip over there with me. This shows up all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New, all throughout the Psalms, but this is an interesting verse because it's three times stated in one single verse. Psalm 95 and verse six says, oh come let us worship. The word for worship means get prostrate. So oh let us be prostrate and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Three different ways of saying get low. And the context in Psalm 95, before and after this verse, it mentions God's hands over and over. And in his hands, he holds the highest mountains and the deepest oceans. And then it says, and by the way, he tenderly holds his own flock. That's you and me. Psalm 95 verse six, the reason he's prostrate and bowing down and kneeling is because he's saying, God, you're the one who holds everything and you're tenderly holding me, and you get this sense that he's like, oh, <laughs> right? Like he's getting low, and he's getting low. He's going, oh God. I imagine maybe even with hands extended going like, I'm parched. I don't know what to do, but what I know is that in your hands are mountains and oceans, and right now you're holding on to me. This becomes a tool in your tool belt to direct your heart to God when you're way down in the deep. And you're going, I don't know if I can keep going. And he's going, listen, I've given you tools for that space. Get low, extend your hands. Friends, it might be that in your moments with God, if you've got 15 minutes, if you've got 15 minutes set aside to try to connect with God and you're down there, Maybe just maybe the first five need to be you on your face, listening to one of those songs that has directed your heart over the years. One that I've taken to that posture with some regularity in the last year has been one by Chris Renzema saying, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go if you don't go before me. I'll get low before God. And I'll just tell him, he's, he's singing that song of Moses of like, don't send us out if you're not going in front of us. And before I can do anything else, I just need to get low and go, God, I don't wanna move. I don't wanna go out to face this if you're not going in front of me. And it's there in that posture. That's the spelunking gear. That's, that's the knee pads and the elbow pads. He's going, listen, friend, don't fold up. Don't quit exploring the terrain of God's heart just because the circumstances have brought you to a certain place. What he's saying is there's gear for that. Keep moving. And I'll tell you, you know what happens early in the morning if you get down on your face and you get really well acquainted with the smell of the rug? 
you're just digging your nose in and you're down there. You know what's happening is your body is communicating to your heart, this is serious. It's like your body is saying to your heart, wake up, this is real. The God who holds mountains holds you right now. And sometimes, I don't know about you, my heart is sleepy. And if I'm just in the same old posture doing the same old thing, I'm not prepared for the adventure. It might be that you need to be prostrate. It might be that you need to get low and stretch out your hands. And then beautifully, for those that have explored that territory and kept moving, it's related. The register of connecting with God is related. If you try to just stay here in the middle, you will often miss the fullness of God's heart, the fullness of the adventure. But when you're willing to plunge down and to get low and to hold wide, all of a sudden what you realize is that in moments where God shows up, you've been waiting for him. You've been hungering for him. You've been clinging to him and you don't miss the joy and the beauty of his arrival because you are willing to wait in the darkness. And what you find is that those that are willing to do this work are much better equipped to do this work. And you see that there's two other body postures that show up. One in Psalm 68 in verse three, you won't see it in the English, but I wanna explain it to you that what's happening in the original language has jumping as part of the worship tool bag. It's part of the gear bag. Look at Psalm 68 in verse three but the righteous shall be glad, they shall exult before God, they shall be jubilant with joy. Do you hear it? Four times in one verse that there's something about gladness, exulting, joy, the heart is exploding here. Derek Kidner, one of my favorite Psalms commentators says this about Psalm 68. He says, this is one of the most boisterous and exhilarating songs in the whole of the Psalter. It's this moment of, explosion. The context is that he says, you've secured victory for me while tending to the fatherless and the widows, that you fight off enemies and you take care of the weak and the forgotten. He's so overwhelmed with the character of God who fights for those who can't fight for themselves. He says, be jubilant, but the word for jubilant means jump with excitement. It's like, If this really registers with the heart, if I really do this exploration work of like, I was desperate, but God, you came and fought for me and you fight for all the weak in the world, there needs to be some air between the ground and my feet at some point. He's saying, you might not just go hopping all around all the time, but have you ever tried it? Maybe even once? Like the idea is that this is gear, this is kind of like those metal crampons that you put onto the bottom of the shoe when you get to that part where like, oh wow, we're starting to get kind of high. This is some rarefied air up here. There's icy patches. Ashley and I years ago had the opportunity to lead an adventure trip to Alaska. It went okay. Um, there was this one day where we were dressed like just a bunch of Houstonians. Um, and we were like, hey, let's go out for a little day hike, wear my tennis shoes and my jeans. And you know, we got the kids with us. We had a guide who I thought knew things. Um, but we go out across and we start going up this mountain. And all of a sudden we got to this point where like, it's cold, the air was thin. We didn't have any of the right gear. <laughs> 
and there were these like slick patches of ice and skrill with drop-offs. I'm like, the guy pulls us aside and he's like, I'm really sorry I got us into this. And I was like, what? What are you saying? And this is, uh, this has nothing to do with the story, but worth noting. Uh, he actually, he looked at one of the, he's like, I think we're fine. I think everybody's fine. Although that kid, I'm a little worried about him. I'm not sure he's going to make it. And I was like, not going to make it. What are you talking about? Um, it was a low point in my youth ministry career. Uh, everybody made it. Um, but there was this moment of like, we've gotten to some heights. And if we don't have the right gear, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Like we can't. And there, I think if we're honest, like, let's be honest, our emotional, spiritual thumbprint as a community, we're not jumpers. We're not dancers, and that's okay. It's okay to be intellectual about your faith and to think about things, but there will be moments where God takes you to places, where he reveals things, where he fights for you, where that prayer that you offered way down in the cave, he's answering. The moments where the delight of his blessed presence is dawning on you, and what we need is the right sort of gear to respond appropriately. And it might be that you need to skip a little, that you need to jump, that you need to let your body know this is cause for celebration. And then the, the last step, even beyond that one, even beyond putting on the, the stuff on the bottom of your shoes, I think this, the, the last one really is the sort that requires the ice pick and the oxygen tank. This is like the summiting of the mountain. It's rarefied air when we see that we really are at times called to be a dancing people. Psalm 149 in verse three says it like this. Psalm 149 in verse three. My pages are sticky. Here we go. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and with lyre. You see, there are moments, it's not constant. It's not that if you read straight through the Psalms, you, there's lots where you would go, it would be really inappropriate to dance while, while worshiping with this psalm. It, it, it's discordant. But there are moments and there are times Whereas the people of God, we're, we're called to be a dancing people. Now, once again, I'm not expecting anybody to dance down this aisle, though if you're interested, it's available. <laughs> I, we, that's allowed. But what I am saying is, is maybe just maybe we need to cultivate this. I would love for there to be bedrooms and living rooms all over the city where people are so desirous of the heart of God that they're willing to like, it might feel a little silly, but I'm gonna stretch my horizons a bit. I'm gonna dance this song to the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to cause my heart to step into spaces that I've never been before. I've shared it from the pulpit a couple of times over the last year, uh, but, but I'm not just suggesting this as someone that thinks it's a good idea. This has become a normal, rather awkward piece of my private worship with God. And I want it for all of my friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm a terrible dancer. But when my body is moving in response to the goodness of God, it does good things for my soul. I think if we were to have a worship shirt or hat with a good logo, I think I would just want to rip off the North Face. 
never stop exploring. Like I would want that right across my chest to go, ah, I don't know how long you've been walking with the Lord. I don't know what heights you've been to or what depths you've hung on to with him. But listen, there's more. You have not seen it all. You have not tasted all. There's more goodness, there's more grace, there's more power, there's more beauty. And what he's saying is, in part, some of it is waiting to be unlocked by your body, by loving him with more than just your mind. Love him in such a way that what's happening in your mind settles down into your heart and starts to bubble over and you find it in your fingers and your toes and you're like, I'm alive with the presence of God and I don't wanna stop. Psalm 149 verse 3 calling us to dance is rooted very clearly and textually in verse 4. And what it says is this, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. The cause for the dance is you took pleasure in me. You've poured out salvation on me. When we together recognize that we were a hopeless and helpless people, when we've adopted this posture of like, I'm surrounded by my own compromise and by the difficulty of being raised up in a broken world and I cannot, I cannot rescue myself, I'm like a parched land. And when you recognize that in the moments of our deepest, darkest, most broken places, God looked and it's like he peered through the crowds and he locked eyes with you and he said, there, there she is, she's mine. And I delight in her. And he came for you. He put on flesh and he came all the way down to the depths, elbow pads and knee pads strapped on going, with my whole body I've come to make sure you know that I delight in you, I take pleasure in you, and I, through my death and resurrection, says the Lord Jesus Christ, I pour out my pleasure on you, and I adorn the humble with salvation. I will rescue you. I have come to the depths to rescue you, to deliver you to the rarefied air, where clapping, jumping, and dancing is the only appropriate response. Wholehearted worship that explores the realities of where we are while exploring the fullness of the landscape of God requires our whole bodies. Friends, never stop exploring. Let me pray for us. Uh, Jesus, thank you for loving us the way that you have. And thank you that your love creates safety and freedom. When you've seen us all the way down to the bottom and cherished us like your own children, ransomed us, rescued us, we have total freedom. We don't have to prove anything to anyone. We have nothing to earn and nothing to prove. We are free in your love that sets us free from our sin and brokenness. And I pray that in that freedom, we would be a people of full expression and affection for you. Help us to be worshipers in spirit and in truth. I pray that for my, my brothers and sisters in the room and I pray God that we would be the sort of community that, that experiences all that you have for us. Help us to step into wholehearted, whole-bodied worship in fresh and full ways. 
for the sake of your unending glory, for the sake of our ever-expanding joy, would you do that? We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.